Let's do it. All right. Welcome to uh, Sharing Socks Special Edition Do or Die Playoff Game Time. Uh, I'm Lee Allen, Duke Geezer at Southside Hitpen with my son, uh, Will Allen, our uh, West Coast correspondent, uh, since things are out in Oakland and he's only mm -hmm. 400 miles from there. We are without Janice Scurio and her expertise uh, this morning because, oddly enough, she has to make a living. <laughs> so she's on the job, as is Eric Laughlin. Both, both of them are, are doing their regular day jobs, which they have to, which, boy, that's strange. Um, <laughs> there we go. Uh, we hope to have them back on Monday when we win today and start uh, the next round of the playoffs. Meanwhile, uh, we'll take a look at uh, yesterday, moments before we went to today. We, we recorded this three hours before game time, and uh, it was just moments before we went on that we, we learned it'll be uh, Dane Dunning against Mike Fire. So we'll talk about that. First, yesterday, Will, nice comeback. I mean, uh, it was very exciting. I'll, <laughs> I'll give them that. Um, Jose had the, the big chance, and he actually put a – Put a nice lick on the ball. I mean, without the shift, it's a solid base hit up the middle and two runs come in, tie game. Um, so no fault on Jose for, for not being able to be the hero. He really gave it a nice look. Um, and also putting the hurt on Liam Hendricks like we did uh, is going to help today. Although apparently we can hit Liam Hendricks, so maybe we do want to not pick today. Uh, yeah, it was a nice comeback, but overall, um, just a very, very lousy game. Uh, from the Chris Bassett was very good. Hmm? Chris Bassett was very good. Yeah, Bassett was. Just, yeah. He was very good. He was pitching with confidence. He was really locked in. You could tell every time he every time he struck someone out, he had a, he had a look. In that. And I know that, like, of all the people who talk on this podcast, I'm definitely the one who uh, – reads into body language and things that probably aren't true uh, the most, but he just looked like an ace and he was zoned in his eyes. There was a fire behind them. I was just hoping we could get him out of the game sooner because he, he was on, he was on. Well, since you're an actor, naturally you pick up uh, the movements and now, now you've learned for when you get a role, let's say as a major league pitcher and uh, the next round of baseball movies that, that are done, you, you're set for it. Um, there were some, well, first of all, it was sad about Dallas Keuchel. He just didn't have it at all. He, there was a huge strike zone, including a bad call that went against us late in the game, but it was a huge strike zone the whole game. And you think for Keuchel, that's just made for him, and he still couldn't hit it. He, he was, everything was up. Most everything was up. Yeah, I mean, he wasn't – we're not talking about the seven or 19 walks that the Indians and Yankees ended up having <laughs> last night, uh, maybe 18. But, yeah, Keuchel just didn't have it. I, I don't know what it was. It, it just happens. And I think Lucas Giolito said it best when they were talking to him uh, later in the game. I don't know if you saw this, but uh, they were asking him why things weren't going well for Keuchel, and he was like, you know, he's just, I don't know, man. Baseball's hard. <laughs> and baseball is really hard. Playoff baseball is really hard. And if you're a pitcher and 
you go out there and you don't got it, that's the worst feeling in the world. And I'm sure if we can get to Monday, uh, we're going to see a great start from Keiko in the next series. Yeah, presumably this is this is a one-off. It does happen to everybody. Uh, there were, I thought, some strange managerial decisions by both teams. And I consorted with the enemy last night and went to some Oakland A's blogs. And they also felt strange decisions on their side. Uh, I'm one of those guys who does not believe you hold out your closer till the ninth inning. If, if the situation calls for it, you bring him in, heck, in the seventh or whatever. The idea that he's sacred is just nuts and some kind of baseball tradition that shouldn't be there. So there was some argument from them. Well, why'd they bring him in the eighth? I understand that. Our best hitters are coming up. You bring in your best guy. Absolutely. But when your best guy absolutely doesn't have it, he, uh, you know, even he got a couple strikeouts, he got out of the inning with the two runs on, on the, on the uh, ground out homer. He, he just didn't have it. He was all over the place. He threw 27 pitches. The most he's ever thrown is 29. And then you don't warm up anybody. Yeah. Nobody in the bullpen to start the ninth and he can't get anybody out in the ninth, which was great for us, but I don't understand that. On the flip side, why was Zach Collins pinch hitting for Leroy Garcia? I don't get it. Yeah, I, I've read Ricky's quotes on that. And, you know, his whole, we thought he might have a good shot at that time, at that point in the game. Man, that made no sense at all. None whatsoever. Lauri is, yes, a better right-handed and left-handed hitter, but I checked it. Left-handed, he's a 240 hitter. 240 this year, 243 in his career. Zach Collins is one for 16 this year and has demonstrated over and over he can't hit major league pitching. He's on the roster so that they can play McCann and Grandall at the same time and not have to worry if the one who is catching gets hurt losing the designated. He's only there, you know, Fetch hot dogs. It, he's, it's, yeah. it's, it's purely like, and you bring him in in this clutch situation. I, I don't get it. I, I don't understand that. I don't understand letting Gerard Dyson hit in the ninth. No. What was that all about? I, I really like Gerard Dyson, um, especially from his Kansas City days. He's an exciting guy once he's on base, but that's the only time I well, – He's really a great fielder. Is I, I want to see him when he's running for someone else, and he's a great fielder. Um, he's a really solid fielder anyway, and pinch hitting him. <laughs> well, I mean, he, he was in because of the pinch right, hit right, of Collins, right. you know. But, but you still had Yolmer on the bench, the man that you're showing there, our favorite player for, from years back, uh, who is a better left-handed than right-handed hitter and certainly is a much, much, much better hitter than Dyson. Yes, if you bring in Yolmer, you have an outfield problem in extra innings because uh, while Mazzara is in the game, he's the designated hitter. If you put him out there, you lose the DH. So what? <laughs> You're in the ninth inning yeah. trying to make I, a comeback. You know how I feel about Yolmer. He's, <laughs> he's my favorite, and I just don't understand the lack of faith that they're showing in him right now. 
Um, obviously, we kind of disagree on the fact that he should have been playing second base yesterday. But he should have been. You're in the playoffs. You have a ground ball pitcher, and you're benching the gold glove. I mean, that's just stupid. It's just stupid. I, I know Magical is, is the second baseman of the future, but we're not in the future. This 2020 <laughs> season is, is just a little bonus that we're even in this thing. If this were a 162-game season, I don't think we're in the playoffs. I think next year we would be, but I don't think we're in the playoffs this year, not with our rotation. So this is just this weird bonus playoff scenario. And you don't let Yolmer play in the field. You don't let Yolmer bat. You're, you're talking about a guy, I bet if you took a poll around the league of guys you want up in a potential comeback rally situation who are not stars, Yolmer's up there. He he is so intense. He loves the game so much. He's a, he's a solid base runner. He's a solid left-handed hitter. He's not a liability from that side. He's not great, but he's not. Ah, actually, this year he's great. He's 5 for 15 with four walks. His ops is over 1.2. What does the guy have to do to get to play? So, so what are we doing? We're not playing Yolmer so that we can get a two-strike slap single out of Magical once every three at-bats? Like, I, I don't understand this, especially with that stat. And, and Magical being right-handed and he's still in later in the game, none of, this, none of this makes sense. It was terrible managing yesterday, just sort of all the way around. I do understand why the A's threw Hendricks. Of course, I mean, that made sense to me because – you want Hendricks thrown against Abreu Mancada. Sure. That perfect like, sense. That's that's what you want. I would I would hope that we would see, you know, Bummer or Colome against the heart of the lineup uh in a, in another situation. Keeping him in made no sense whatsoever. But uh I get why they went to him. But the stuff Ricky did yesterday with Collins and and then with, with Yomer and unfortunately um, Mazzara actually put together really nice at bat, had a great take on ball four. I mean, that's what you want to see from him all year is that kind of patience, and he got screwed over for it. But, yeah, I'm, I'm rambling because I'm very upset about the treatment of Yomer. Well, maybe we'll see Yomer today. We hope, we hope so. And, and if nothing else, we hope that he's pouring Gatorade over somebody at the end of the game. Um, Here's Today. my scorching take. You know I like a scorching take. Yomer, two-run double today. If he gets in the game. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's an important provision to have on that but one. Yomer will show up if you let him. Also showing up today, probably both bullpens. The two best bullpens in the American League. And I, we should point out, this is the only American League series still going. All the rest of them are over. This is the only team from the uh, AL Central still alive, uh, despite things that Jason and Stoney would say about, this is the best division in the American League. Well, apparently not uh, when it comes down to the playoffs. But today, Dane Dunning and Mike Fires on our side with Dunning. Uh, I asked Janice, who's a pitching expert, uh, before she had to go to work, uh, what she thought. I think all of us have thought Dunning, it's got to be Dunning to start. She says not more than two innings. 
And then you then you fire off and she went Foster Crochet Warrior Column A. I think she forgot about the bumpers back and, and ready to go, but I put him in that equation as well. I don't know the two innings. I don't think he'll he'll pitch very long. I mean, I don't wanna I, I don't wanna question Janice on anything when it comes <laughs> to pitching. She's been pretty spot on this series. Um yeah, I mean, I th- I think Dunning, you could see Dunning go more than just a couple if he's looking good. I mean, Dunning has great stuff when he's on, and he's got very mediocre stuff when he's not. So if Dunning's on, I think you throw him until he gets in trouble. Um, you could see him, I think, going to the third, fourth. Uh, I'd love to see Crochet get in the game. Of course, that's a big gamble, throwing a 14-year-old uh, who just finished the Little League World <laughs> Series in a Major League Playoff game. But the dude has has earned the right to to get a shot at it. Um, and then, you know, Foster, Bummer, Colome. And I've never been a huge believer in Colome, but the guy's been getting it done this year. Certainly. Recently, he's not even scaring us every inning. Yeah, he's he's been really great. I mean, that is a fierce bullpen to Hoyer. come up yeah, in there as well. And Hoyer, yeah. Um, and Go ahead. And presumably we will not bring in Jimmy Cordero uh, just because it happens to be an early inning. Uh, it worked fine yesterday. I don't think we want to do that again. That, that just uh, doesn't make a whole lot of sense. We got to talk about Jimmy Cordero because I don't understand how you can roll your sleeve up like that if you're not throwing 102 and striking guys out every time. <laughs> I don't think you can show off the bicep like that if you're not absolutely elite. He maybe hit 100 once yesterday. He did. He actually did. He hit 100 once. But, I mean, that's a bold move. That's a bold (laughs) move, pitching one sleeve up to show off the bicep. And he, I got a lot, he got a lot of conversation from the uh, ESPN crew. I noticed about, about the fashion look. I mean, I will say he's got a monster bicep, so it's not like he's showing off something unimpressive, but it is that's a really bold move. On the other side, Oakland is pitching Mike Fires, so I anticipated that and looked up Fires. ERA of 458, not impressive, but most of that earlier in the season. Last two times out, his last time out was against the Dodgers, uh, five innings and two runs, and I'd say against the Dodgers, that's pretty good. Uh, and the yeah. timeout before that, Colorado, six innings and one run. So his, his last couple of appearances have been pretty good. He is historically, and this is why I think we're going to see bullpen game on both sides, first time through the lineup, 209, people bat against him. Second time through the lineup, 363. So I don't think we're going to see Mr. Fires for more than three innings in this game, unless he's really spot on. Hey, they let Lizardo go through the the order a second time, so I I don't know what they're going to do. You know, I always wish success on anyone who whistle blows on the Astros, but today I'm I'm rooting pretty strongly against (laughs) um, Mike Fires. You know, I think he is really a guy, and I've been I feel like I've been watching him for years and years, and he Uh, he's been in ten, so yeah, you have yeah. He is really a guy where it, it is hot or cold because he, he can be really, really great, but he can also be very hittable. Um, so I'm not too worried about that scenario today, especially if Yolmer 
is in the lineup. <laughs> Uh, Fires, one thing, uh, the other thing about Fires is he was early in his career, like a lot of guys, uh, struck out a lot of people, about one in inning, which before the great strikeout splurge of the last few years was pretty darn good. Mm-hmm. He is not a strikeout pitcher anymore. Uh, Everyone is a strikeout innings, pitcher against the White Sox. Uh, everybody is, yeah. <laughs> but still, 37 Ks and 59 innings in, in general means that we should put the ball in play uh, most of the time uh, today. I would hope so, unless he's unless he's really on fires. Um, had to do it. I, um, to. I mean, it, that's great. I actually didn't know that stat. That is not many strikeouts. Um, and while the White Sox, their favorite pastime is striking out, we got a lot of guys who can run. So putting the ball in play is really, really helpful for us. So. That's reassuring that that we're potentially not going to see a whole lot of great strikeout pitches today. No, I, I, I think we'll hit the ball. Uh, their defense is very good. I don't know that they've made a mistake this series. I, I may have missed one somewhere, but I don't think so. They've done a really I, nice job with the, with the defense, especially after losing Chapman. They've had some really nice – play from from both of the guys who've covered third base um yeah they've they've had a really nice defensive series and as you saw yesterday the, the White Sox did not have a good defensive day uh yeah that catch by Canna <laughs> wow yeah uh, off Moncada and that that would have brought us right back into the game at, at, uh, had he not be able to make that that leap but uh he did, and uh, that's the way the game goes. Good, I love good D. I would prefer that it was ours rather than theirs. To, to yeah, carry I gotta respect it though. Great catch is a great catch. Yeah. Oh yeah. So I, I we've never done a uh, who's your pick to click thing. You did mention Yolmer with his two run double, but that's only if he's in the game. So if you're going to your pick to click, low down, win it or go home. Biggest showdown of the year. Oh, and I should bring up, they mentioned, and I, it's, it's true, I've seen it mentioned multiple times. This is the first time the White Sox in history have faced a final game of a playoff series. You now, mean I made it to the end of the series? You made it to the end of the series, and it was one of them. Either, either one loses, it, it's over. They've never been there. Obviously, 2005, they just cruised through everybody. Uh, and also, obviously, for most of the 120 years they've been playing, it was just the World Series, and they weren't there very often. Uh, and then when they won, they won in just a few games. And when they lost, I think the last, last time they lost in six in, in 1959. Uh, so, it's, But they have had a do or die, which was 2008. The... Uh, blackout game, but was not a playoff game because it was technically the the 163rd game of the regular season against Minnesota to see who won the division and went into the playoffs. So the history on that is good. They won that one. Um, we'll see if we can pull it off again. But back, pick to click. Where where do you go on this one? Well, I definitely uh, definitely am taking the White Sox today. Um, I th- I think yesterday. Having that surge of energy at the end is going to really help today because they 
they looked a little dead in the seventh and uh, they had some life back. So I think they're going to come out today. And I'm going to say that uh, today our boy TA7 is, is going to be the star. I think he's been doing a, a great job getting those base hits, sending the ball the other way. But I think today we see Tim tee off, and uh, I think we're going to see a pretty solid bat flip. <laughs> well, we happen to be, and uh, we don't, you know, fathers and sons do not agree often. Uh, we're in agreement on this one. I, I think the game will go as Tim Anderson goes, and I think he will go well. He's, he's hitting for I don't know about the bat flip because – I think he's going to be working really to make sure he gets on base or advances runners and, and, and that kind of thing. But you know, if he gets an inside fastball, it, it certainly can happen. Uh, and we'll see what goes with that. But yeah, uh, I think he's there. Uh, it's been nice that Yasmani Grandal is finally. Yeah, that would be my, that would be my second pick is Grandal. Um, he, you know, he's got a pretty kind of lousy postseason history, and I really don't want him behind the plate. I just think McCann is calling pitches much better these days. But I uh, love seeing Grandall finally get that swing around, finally getting that power, getting his legs into it. He's starting to look really good. I mean, if we can get Grandall and, and then uh, Mazzara getting their, getting their legs behind the ball and really driving it, that's that's going to change the game today and in future series if we if we do continue. I pre- I presume it's going to be, and we don't have the lineups, but I, I would think it's McCann behind the plate, Grandall DHing. Uh, I can't can't fathom putting Edwin Encarnacion in the lineup again uh, against a right-hander. Even I don't don't know what that was about yesterday, uh, and. Uh, and I guess maybe just, well, he's got a lot of playoff experience. Yeah, but it's not really very good. Um, well, he he did. I, I kind of get yesterday just because his his two pitches that he hits the best were the two that Bassett throws the most often. But, you know, <laughs> that was still like <laughs> grasping at straws a little bit. Um, and again, I love Edwin. I have great memories of Edwin, like ruining – games for teams I didn't like by crushing an absolute homer at a great time. Uh, but I'm not sure those days are still with us. You know, and, you know, at my age, I really like to see the old guys do very well and hang in there and still be tough into their 60s or whatever, whatever it may be. But yeah, I mean, it happens. Uh, and we see it in a lot of players. It's wonderful it's not happened to Jose Abreu that he has not only hung in as he gets older, he's not that old yet, but he's gotten better. Well, he hasn't had to play in the playoffs his entire career. So he gets a nice short, uh, <laughs> nice short season. He gets that long off season to rest up. Uh, so he's, he's still got a, a lot of life left in him. And I think we could see something great from Jose today too. You know that it is killing him that that ball went straight to somebody to end the game last night. So the hope is that Jose doesn't come out swinging for the fences and still tries to do what he's done really well all year, which is take, take what the pitcher gives him and, and do good work with it. So I, I, I think we'll see 
something pretty cool from Jose today as well. I, I feel really good about the White Sox chances today. Now you mentioned taking with the pitcher. I've always thought, and as you know, I coached a lot. I always thought the most important thing you take out of sports in life, and well, it's a teamwork or, you know, being for the guys or whatever. I think the most important lesson you learn is to take what the defense gives you because it applies in life in a lot of ways too. see the opening <laughs> and take. And the White Sox have been very good about that uh, this year, especially after maybe the first 20, 25 games or so. Everybody, they see an opening to the other side. They're, they're going for it and grabbing it. And I think that could be, you know, Oakland shifts a lot. Uh, and uh, taking advantage of that shift will uh, will pay off. Yeah, I mean, that's the it's one of the most frustrating things about Major League Baseball now is people, players' inabilities to to use the whole field. Um, and the White Sox have gotten a lot, a lot better about it, especially Tim. I mean, Tim's using opposite field. Jose uses the opposite field very beautifully, frequently. Um, but you have to do that because you know, if, if Jose is driving more balls to right field, then last night's hit is a line drive single up the middle instead of the shift that they play on you because you're not doing that. So the the art of all fields has almost been lost in baseball. And I'm glad to see the White Sox are, are really starting to take advantage of that, especially from the elite hitters because – once your elite hitters start doing that, then the young guys are going to follow suit. And that's when you're talking about having a really, really solid baseball team. Well, it, I think in the future, that's going to depend on the ball. If they make the ball a real baseball again, and this year it's been as juiced as it was last year. I mean, even Forbes is writing an article on how juiced the baseball is. So we've got this and I do not like all homer and strikeout games. I do not find them attractive. I do not find them enjoyable to watch. Love to watch guys going where they, you know, hit them where they ain't. The old uh, Wee Willie Keeler uh, thing. Uh, running the bases, making good defensive plays. That's baseball to me, and it's really exciting. But it's not going to change back unless they change the ball back to where it's, uh, you know, it doesn't have Titleist written on the side of it instead of uh, Rawlings. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> When you've, when you've got routine grounders sort of coming off the bat at 95, 100 miles an hour, um, you have to do these shifts. You have to do this. You have to. It's just ridiculous with that juice ball. I mean, I, I think about my days playing infield and the idea of a 107 mile per hour ground ball, it's just absurd. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's just absolutely crazy. And it's not uncommon even right now oh, no. 100 mile an hour grounders which is just <laughs> it's uh, if you, when you look at Statcast, uh you know they show the top uh exit velocities of the game it's not unusual for the top exit velocities to have been outs ground outs uh absolutely you know, one we, hoppers yeah. shot, but it, I think Jose's last night was 95.6 or something like that on that last at bat i mean that is it's just crazy how juice the ball is and when you got guys throwing it in at 100 it's going to come out at 110 <laughs> 112 it's just 
I, I think anyone who thinks that Major League Baseball players are soft compared to other sports, they don't get it. I mean, that, that ball coming at you at 110 is absolutely horrifying. I mean, it, it's, it's a, you know, Andy Roddick serve at a shorter distance a lot of the time. With a rock. ball that <laughs> will take your face off. So, I mean, ask, ask, ask Evan Marshall. Uh, he almost got killed. Yeah. Uh, by, but that was even before the juice and now with, with the juice in. Wow. Well, we, we have digressed uh, from today's game. And that's, that's for future talk. But meanwhile, we hope to be doing this again Monday morning because we'll only be doing it if the Sox pull it off today. And I think we're looking good. I think, I think we should be all right. Not going to make any kind of predictions or anything because – Oh, and I should notice, you know, this is a, a, a wearing the hoodie because it's cold here, but that, that gives extra socks to effect by, by having yeah. that on. And uh, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, it's, it's all going to come down to, to what Dunning can do to start the game today. I mean, it, we have a great bullpen. We have a great bullpen lineup that can go today. They're, they're rested enough. It's, it's going to be a really good game. And if we get even a decent start, out of Dane Dunning, which he is fully capable of. He's no shut down cease, but he's, he's good. Um, <laughs> if we get a, if we get a, a few good innings out of him, I mean, this, it's going to be looking good for the Sox and I'm excited about it. I'm excited for Yomer to uh, definitely play today, Rick. 